what I'd like to share with you today uh, is a message entitled Unmeasured Bounty. Unmeasured Bounty. God is, is so limitless. You can't limit God in any area. God just, what he does, he does it well, and he does it beyond. And uh, if you'll notice, this is one of my favorite, one of my favorite introductions that I use uh, over the years. And it reads like this. If you look at the introduction, I'm profoundly amazed with the unlimited resources of the God of the Bible. Now, I'm going to take a little time here because this is so vast and so big and so great and so inclusive until it might take us a little bit to, to understand it, although it's very, very simple when you begin to study it. I'm profoundly amazed at the unlimited resources of the God of the Bible. He makes an ocean, makes it so deep, no man can phantom it. And when he makes a mountain, he makes it so large, no one can measure or either weigh it. When God makes a flower, I love this one, he scatters multiplied millions around the world where no one to admire them but him. When he makes grace, you notice we have that in quotation. When he makes grace, he, he makes it with, without sides. He makes it without bottom. And he leaves the top off. And great. It's just wonderful to know that he provides that kind of all this that we're talking about and all that the Bible speaks of and he makes it he makes it beyond our imagination he pours salvation forth like a river some of the things that we want to look at if you will over the next few weeks is overflowing cup how long has it been since spiritually you sipped out of the saucer I don't know whether we do that or not now we, we, we did on the farm, and I remember Carol's dad. I don't remember him doing it, but I remember her telling about him doing it. it he'd get his coffee, and he had his coffee in the saucer. And he'd drink some of the coffee out of the saucer and, or out of the cup, but then he'd have coffee in the saucer, and he'd push his chair back from the table. And he began to sip from that saucer. Well, every time he did that, Carol had to get up in his lap. So it was, a, it was, a, it was something, a signal to her to get up and enjoy uh, her dad. So we have cups. We'll talk about that. Cups that run over. Overflowing cups. The psalmist says, at my cup runneth over. Peace that passes understanding. Think about that. Peace that passes Understanding. Abound in grace. He said, I'm able to, God is able to make all grace, always, sufficiency in all things, abound to every good work. 
The Bible says where sin that the bound grace does what? Much more abound. And then we're going to be looking at joy unspeakable. I, 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 I can't tell it. I mean, you try to tell it. How long has it been since you've experienced the joy of the Lord in such a flooding way until you... Tell me how you feel. I, I can't. God's joy is unspeakable, and he is full. God wants us to have that kind of abundant life. I'm real careful with this because I understand the prosperity doctrine, and, and we don't go there, although you and I do believe that we are blessed to prosper spiritually, physically, financially. This morning what I'd like to do is look at something that's, that, that will challenge us. And I believe when we finish this, and I hope that you'll stay with me with your thoughts and, and understand what, the, what I believe the Lord is trying to say. Uh, I want to look at countless children. If you will, I want to first of all read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. But as, this is Paul's writing to the church at Corinth, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But then verse 10 says this, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. The deep things of God. Listen to this. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man. What God has prepared for you and I. His children. The church. There's some scripture that's found in the book of Genesis, the first book in the Bible. It reads like this in chapter 15. It says, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer. Of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born of my house is not is my heir. Let me, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir. Other words, uh, your servant, his son, is not going to be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness Father, we pray that you'd add your blessings to the reading of your word. Speak it, not only to our ears, but to our hearts. 
in Jesus' name. Countless. I mean, you ever go outside on a real dark night, not with the city light shining because you can't see them well. You can see them some. But out in the country where there is no light, and then look up on a clear evening night and see multiplied millions of stars. God said, Abraham, look up. See all those stars? I'm going to bless your seed like the number of those stars. Oh, boy. And it's not going to come from your servant. It's going to come from your loins. Wait a minute, Lord. You forgot I'm 100 years old. I'm 100 years old, Sarah. She's 90 years old, and you're telling me we're going to have a child? Listen. Faith acts as if the future is present and as if the unseen is visible. I don't see it. My child, my son, my daughter, my family is not saved. I've been praying for them for years. They're still not saved. I don't see it. Hang on. Pray on. Believe on. Trust on. It's going to happen. My body's been suffering. I don't feel good. And I've prayed about it. And I've prayed about it. And I've prayed about it. And I still have the pain. And just believe on. Trust on. God will intervene. And he calls those things which are not as though they were. How many of you have prayed and you said, well, it didn't come today, tomorrow? Maybe not in months. Maybe not in years. I was down at the coast preaching a revival one day, one week. And it was at a tabernacle. And back then, preachers would go to the back of the church and we'd stand and shake hands. And I was shaking hands and there was an elderly couple that came before me. And the lady said, I want you to know something. And I forget now how, how long it was because it's been about 40, 45 years ago. But I remember her telling me, she introduced me to her husband and she said, I prayed for him, and I believe it was about 35 or 40 years. And she was standing there with a smile on her face, and he was standing there with a smile on his face. It took years, but he came home. Trust on. God calls those things which are not as though they were. The act of faith rests upon divine promise. You see, you can't receive from God without the promise of God. But if you have, <clears throat> have the promise of God, it's going to come to pass. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what the circumstances look like. God is going to bring it together and bring it to pass. Without a divine promise, listen, without a divine promise, faith becomes a mere adventure. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, listen to this, I love this. Faith puts substance to the promise. If it, if it was left up to you and I, 
If we did it in our own self, if it was done in the natural, it wouldn't be done. But, but faith takes that substance and God's promises are yea and amen. And he takes that substance and he says, wow, he sticks it right to that promise. And there's not enough devils in and demonic power to stop God from granting that promise to you. Oh, yeah, but God, I'm 90, I'm 100 years old and Sarah is it's okay. Calm down, Abraham. I've got everything under, under control. Let's look at Genesis 15, 1 through 6. I'm, I'm sorry. Genesis 17, 5 through 6. No longer shall your name be called Abram. Abram meant high father. A-B-R-A-M. No longer will your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called, shall be rather, Abraham, which is the father of many nations. For I have made you a father of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you and kings. This is God talking to a man that's 100 years old, that's married to a woman that's 90 years old, and they don't have any children. And God is saying, and all of these shall come from you. Do you believe God is just as real today as he was thousands of years ago? Sure he is. And his word is just as true. And the Bible says not one jot, not one tittle. That means not one part of God's word shall fail. It shall come to pass. But the Bible says here that, uh, that well, let's read Romans 4, 19 and through 22. Look at it. And not being weak, Abraham, in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, he did not waver. <laughs> Woo, hallelujah. Mm. He did not waver. Let me find my place. At the promise of God, that's, there's that promise of God, through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able, able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. God is the only righteousness of Abraham. You, you think you're an I righteous? No. God is our only righteousness. You know, in the winter, if you get away from the fire, you get cold. When there's light and you get away from the light and get into the dark, you, there's darkness. And when you know Jesus Christ, but you go away from the Lord, or you're not with Christ, or you're not connected with him, you are in sin and in rebellion. Just no, I mean, it, it's just that simple. There is no righteousness without Jesus Christ. We need his righteousness. It is through and by the righteousness of God. Faith 
is confirmed, I love this statement, by the remembrance of God's past dealings. Probably there's not a one of us here today that we haven't prayed or we haven't served God and God has done some wonderful things. If he did it then, he will also do it now. He'll do it again. He'll do it again. The righteousness of God. Abraham had the promise in the spiritual realm. I love this one. Years early, but it had not happened yet in the physical realm. Abraham believed God in the face of strong natural improbabilities. It can't happen. I don't see how this can happen. I don't see how I I can be healed. I don't see how my loved ones can be saved. All of these things, I'm telling you, trust God. He will bring it to pass. He'll bring it to pass. I've seen it too many times. I've tasted and seen God Almighty. The expression, let me tell, say this about the expression of counting for righteousness. The expression counted for righteousness does not signify considered as a righteous act. Just because he believed that did not just make him. What, it, what happened? It means accepted for righteousness. As he believed God, as he trusted God, He wasn't good enough, but God took that trust and he gave him righteousness because he dared to believe and because he dared to trust God. Impossible. Impossible. But it does and it will happen if we trust God. Moses commissioned 12 spies, one from each tribe of Israel, to go and search out Canaan and ascertained the nature of the land and its inhabitants. They went up and saw the land. Here we are, three million people checking out Canaan, 12 spies going in and its inhabitants. They brought back a cluster of grapes. In fact, they were so heavy, they had to put those grapes on a pole and two men had to carry them. Some pomegranates, Figs, and they brought back a united assessment of the land. The land is great. It's flowing with milk and honey. We are going to enjoy it. It was a great land. But the people who lived there were strong in great and fortified cities. The descendants of Anak, which were giants, lived there, as well as Amalekites, as well as Jebusites, as well as Amorites, as well as Hittites and Canaanites. All these people were there. <clears throat> and the ten, ten of the 12 spies said, we can't do it. The cities are fortified. The people are big. They're giants. You know what they said? They compared themselves to grasshoppers. We look like grasshoppers in their sight. And they stirred up the people. And they began to come against Moses. Caleb, but listen, Caleb, the spy from the tribe of Judah, then encouraged Israel to go and possess the land. But 10 of the other spies threw cold water on that suggestion, emphasizing the strength of the adversaries considering themselves, as I said, as grasshoppers. You know which way Israel went? 
They went with the 10. They went with the negative people. And they chose not to go in. But Joshua and Caleb said, we are more than able to go up. Let's read some. Numbers chapter 13, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. He said, let's go up and possess it. He didn't say, let's go up and conquer it. He didn't talk about a battle, although there, was, there were battles. He said, let's go possess it. He knew that God had already given Israel that Canaan land. He knew it was already theirs. He said, let's just go up and possess it. That's the kind of faith that we need to exercise when it comes to receiving from God. It's ours. You here today, you're not saved, salvation is yours. You here today, you're not healed, healing is yours. You here today and you're not victorious, victory is yours. Act like Caleb and Joshua. Believe the Lord. It, we've already possessed it. It's ours. All we need to do is take it. The Bible says, receive your healing. Receive your healing. Receive your salvation. Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We make it so hard. We're sitting in the congregation and God's spirit is moving and <clears throat> dealing with us and convicting us. And we sit there like we are holding on. And we fail to remove ourselves from there. And we fail to go and receive from God. But that's what God wants us to do. We let everything else keep us from moving for God. We let everything stop us. All we got to do is stand up, walk. You don't even have to do that. All you got to do is confess your sins. All you need to do is repent. All you need to do is say, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus Christ then comes inside and redeems your life. Isn't that wonderful? Receive. Caleb said, let's go up and possess the land. You got some territory that the devil's taken from you? Your children? Your grandchildren? Your peace of mind? Your struggling? And you've gone through this and up and down and up and down. And the, keep, the devil keeps you on a merry-go-round or a hobby horse. You're going up and down. All you need to do is trust God. Step out in faith that I'm going to possess my peace. I'm going to possess my joy. I'm going to receive my victory. Preacher, you believe all that stuff? Just as sure as I'm standing behind this pulpit today. I'm, just a few days ago, I was in the, in the emergency, and I was so sick, I couldn't, I couldn't live. I thought I was going to die. I opened my eyes, and there was six people with white coats on standing at my bed. I didn't know if I was on this side, Todd, or the other side, you know. You get that when you go home. When you get, listen, God can raise you up. God can heal you. You, you, we can use all kinds of excuses, but God can heal us. Numbers 8, 14, 8 and 9. If the Lord delights in us, this is what they're saying, and I believe this is the secret of the success of Caleb and Joshua. 
if they had just gone with them. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only, here's what they're saying, they're, they're just pleading with them. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with them, with us. Do not fear him. Them. Don't fear the people. The Lord is with us. Trust God. Wow. That's, that sounds so simple, but yet it sounds and is so true. The 12 spies report off Canaan. Let us go up and possess it. He doesn't say let's go up and conquer it. It's already, it's already been conquered. Sin in your life is already conquered. It was conquered at Calvary. Healing in your life has already been paid for. It was paid for by the stripes on the back of Jesus Christ. Deliverance of your family has already been paid for. Receive it. Pray in faith. Act in faith. Act in faith. Allow the Lord to develop in you the spirit of Caleb. Allow the Lord to develop in you the spirit of Joshua. Stop feeling like a grasshopper. See, I know it's not easy sometimes when your body is racked with pain or when things are not going well and the job is not going well and the Maybe the home, maybe the family, maybe there's disunity there, but you keep praying. Find you a place to pray. Get on your knees. Hallelujah. Let God lead you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you into praying and, and believe in God and let the Holy Ghost pray through you. Amen. It works. It works. Hallelujah. It works. God's blessings are beyond imagination. Let me read it here, if you will. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do what? Exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or what? Can you think pretty big? I can think pretty big. Are you thinking big when it comes to the, 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 the kingdom of God and, and God moving in your life? Whatsoever. He, he says, ask or think according to the power that works in us. According to the power that works in us. To him be glory by, in the church of church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Now, he says here that he can... Do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we ask or think. God's blessings are beyond our imagination. Measureless. Powerful. And I just got a feeling that many of us, if we're not careful, we think too small. Huh? God wants you to think big. He wants you to expand your tent. He wants you to expand your ministry. He wants you to expand the things that you do for him and give him glory. 
Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what ministry it's in, as long as you're working and doing what God wants us. Small thoughts produce small deeds. Can you imagine what would happen in this church if all of us would begin to pray and believe God and expand our, our tents and begin to believe God for large and big things and, and, and they get bigger and bigger? All of us, it would be, our VBS would be full. The church would be full. People would be, be slain in the spirit. People would be ministered to. And they are. I'm not saying those things aren't happening. I'm just saying it needs to happen on a larger scale. And it will happen. If we will do these things, exceeding poverty of thought is one of the characteristics of fallen man. We're so small. Listen, our thinking needs to be Christ-like. Our thinking needs to be expanded. And uh, I'd like for us to pray, pray that God would help us to believe God for greater things. And they're going to happen. They're going to happen. Let me say it again. Exceeding poverty of thought is one of the characteristics of fallen man. And with our poverty of mind has come poverty of action. I feel like saying, Lord, forgive me. There's been small action, little action, poverty of action, simply because I failed to believe you in, in, in what I should. Come to the piano, Sister Judy. There's a song in the key of C. As great as God is, and as much as he's provided for us, and everything right here at our fingertips. As I said, it's salvation. Listen to me, if you're here today, don't let the devil, don't let the devil stop you from receiving salvation. It's up to you. You see what this verse says in Ephesians? According to the power that worketh in you. But if you're stubborn, if you say, no, God, God's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is, is a perfect gentleman. If you say no, that power won't work in you. Someone says, why, why don't God move with me like he does with sister so-and-so? Or brother so-and-so. Do you allow him? Do you invite him? Do you make it pleasant for him? If he's that great, I believe the great God of heaven will do great things for his people. We need to realize how great he is. We need to realize what he has done. And the promises, one of the, one of the sad facts about the church today, we don't read the promises like we should and know those promises and those promises leave, live in us. It's a reality. Tapping into the resources that Jesus Christ has for us is a reality. Receiving from the hand that wants to bless us is a reality. Now as we stand here this morning, I'll have time on the clock for us today because I want first of all to challenge every one of you, even myself I've been in the altar this morning, I love the altar it, 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 won't, it won't hurt you it's good it's good, but I want to challenge every one of you, first of all for you that don't know Christ 
Receive him today. Accept him today. Confess him today. And for those and for us that perhaps we know the Lord, but we've drifted away from him, and we just can't see what pastors preached about today. I don't know anything about all these things, about the great blessings of God and the abundance of God and all of these things. God wants you. He said, I have come that you might have life. Did he stop there? No. I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The devil will beat you down every day of your life. He will defeat you every day of your life. He'll cause you to come up short every day of your life if you let him. But if you can take a stand and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, I come against you. And sometimes, hey, sometimes it's good to say it audibly. Say it audibly sometimes if it's where you can. And in here, you can. Oh, God, hear my cry today. Father, heal me today. God, save my son, my daughter. Save my grandchildren. Call out to him. But I don't want nobody to know. Listen, that's all right. I don't want nobody to know I'm where I am spiritually. I'm weak spiritually. Not a, not a one of us that hasn't been there at times. I'm telling you. I want you to come to the altar with me. I want everyone that will come, guest and member alike.